podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on, people? You're now locked in to the Dishonomics podcast. I hope you've had a great week so far. The sun is shining, the weather's booming. We got like we got a little hot streak now of good weather, so we got to ride this to the wheels fall off. So I hope you guys enjoyed your festival weekend. Maybe chilling with friends and family and loved ones, whatever. Just make sure you enjoy the sun and take it in whilst it lasts. Now you've pro- you are probably aware that Boris Johnson, the chaotic Boris Johnson is now done out here. He has resigned as leader of the Conservative Party, but he's still Prime Minister and he's still staying on. We're gonna get into the, all that confusion stuff in a bit. Now, if you wanna know about the background into this yeah, why this week it all went left for Boris, check out episode 263 of Dishonomics, Conservatives in Chaos, Boris on the Brink, half an hour, and it'll give you everything you need to know. The sexual assaulter slash harasser who got promoted under Boris Johnson and he lied about it, he knew all about it, that was a final straw, right? That's what led to the domino effect of cabinet ministers resigning and then so many other mid and junior ministers and PPSs who resigned, and which eventually led to the end of Boris Johnson. So make sure you check out that episode and it'll give you a lot of information that will kind of be the foundation for this week's episode. Now this week's episode, we're gonna focus on what happens next. Who's next, right? Boris Johnson, is gonna be gone by September, that's the plan. And there needs to be a new leader in place of the Conservative Party. And currently there are nine bloody candidates, right? Nine men and women are fighting out to be the next leader of the Conservative Party, which means they'll be the next Prime Minister, right? So we're gonna see who's got that dog in them, right? So that's what we're gonna go through this week's pod. And also gonna touch on the current state of Boris. And yeah, let's get into it. Hi, I it's MXM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Yo, people, what's bracking? Yep, Dysonomics podcast. It's a nice sunny Sunday, and hopefully by the time this podcast drops, not another annoying motherfucker is going to join the Conservative Party leadership contest. So we're going to start off with Boris is gone. Yeah, rest in piss, Boris, you're muddled, yeah? Boom. This week, I believe it was Thursday, Boris Johnson announced that he is stepping down as leader of the Conservative Party and he agreed with the chairman of the 1922 committee, which is effectively like the committee for the backbenchers, that I'll stay on in a caretaker kind of role of, of prime minister until the Tories have completed a leadership um, contest, right? And this is all meant to be done in time for the Tory um, conference, party conference, which is in October. So the aim is to do it in September. And now, unfortunately, there's, what, in a couple of weeks max, is there's the recess period, which is effectively the parliamentary summer holiday. So it's unlikely that we're going to get a new Tory party leader before that recess period, because there's a lot of candidates. And unless bear them drop out, it's going to go into the autumn, right? So Boris is mudded. He's out of here. That's why he's still he's still technically here. He's still been making um, appointments for his cabinet, but he's said that he's not gonna do anything to Jarmin you know I mean? 
in this period of time. Um, Dominic Cummins, he's not a fan. I'm not a fan of this. I think they should get rid of Boris ASAP. I don't know why you're carrying this any longer. But um, Dominic Cummins was like, you can't leave somebody like him in there. He doesn't think it's over. This is They're in for war. He's going to do this, that, and the third. Right? Well, I mean, that's a podcast for another good day. We're going to focus on the, the next candidates, right? Now, what's happened since then is that different men and women have been throwing their hats into the ring, right? They're like, yo, yeah, we're about that action. We want to be the next Conservative Party leader, right? So let's look at the candidates and we're going to talk on them. There's quite a few candidates. Hopefully, I give as much information. Some of them, I'm not going to give that much information because I don't feel like they have much chance of winning and nor do people care about them. And I'm going to try to evaluate and see who is best for the country, who is best for Labour, who is best for the Tories, and then we're going to go from there, right? All right, boom. Candidate number one. Chance, ex-Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak. Now, Rishi dropped a two-minute video, yeah? Hella PR. Talking about his family history, how his family came from India. I think they settled down in Southampton. And then that's his grandparents. Then his mum was born here. And then, then she worked hard to give Rishi the opportunity to go school and do well and so on and so forth. I know Rishi's ex-Goldman, he's ex-hedge fund. And yeah, Rishi's got cash. His wife, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She's got a non-domicile status. Um, she's from India as well. Her dad owns a massive IT company, which she has like shares, which amount to like just under 700 million pounds. And because of her non-domicile status, it allows her to significantly reduce her tax by a lot. Obviously, Rishi caught pelts for this as well as Rishi, because I think he studied in the US. I think he studied for business school in the US. So he had a green card, which he only handed in back in October last year. And they're like, why are you handing your green card? if you're so patriotic, because he was talking about patriotism in his video. But Rishi was like, yo, like, I only became, I only got into the cabinet in 2020 and there was COVID. I never had the opportunity to go to America. As people know that you couldn't fly to America literally up until last year. And he goes, the moment I had the opportunity, I did. And if anybody wants to talk about my tax or whatever, I've got all the receipts, go through them now. So I think he handled it pretty well, but I still think it's a something that they can jab him with, right? Cool. In his um, two-minute video, he did send some shots, like, in my opinion. He sent shots at Boris and them talking about the lies and stuff, although he was part of Partygate and he did get fined. Um, so he also said, speak about speaking truth to the public. It's going to be tough, but you need somebody to make the right decisions and get a grip of things. And I think he was talking about the economy. And I think he's, refer he's referencing the Tories, who a lot of them want tax cuts. And he is like... I do believe most Tories are tax cut Tories, and I think he's. But I think he's a sensible one. He's like, bro, we just spent the last club back. I was there. I was the one putting my munda down when I spent over three hundred billion during the pandemic. There was a record level of borrowing, right? We got to balance the books. We can't keep maxing out our amex. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, what's wrong with me? Yeah, we can't keep maxing out Amex. We gotta be um, diligent with our money. So he can't. So he was basically taking shots and then be like, "We can't just do Winnie Lee tax cuts. It doesn't make any sense." Jacob Rees-Mogg has one of the people to come out and say, "Nah, he's not backing Rishi because he he believes in tax cuts." And quite a few um, other, other Tories obviously implementing that he's a snake. He's been planning this all along, and there's pretty good evidence for this because one, even me, and I'm sure you lot might have heard of my pods. I said, "Remember, we saw we see Rishi." Early lockdown, always on the TV, duh, 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 but it kind of, kind of faded to the background and that. 
There was talks of Boris trying to get rid of him to appease Jeremy Hunt. Um, and then now it's come out that he's been preparing this campaign um, since December 2021. And also that video, you know that video didn't take two days to make. He's been patterning that up. And of course, Richard was the second um, Conservative cabinet member to resign um, shortly 10 minutes after Shadid Javid, who was his replacement as Chancellor of the Exchequer. Um, Rishi became an MP in 2015 for the North Yorkshire constituency of Richmond and five years later became Chancellor. So that's a quick rise if you think about it. So let's look at some of the things he's voted at, voted for. And we thank theyworkforyou.com for this, right? So when it comes to foreign policy and defence, he, he almost always voted against UK membership of EU. So he's a Brexiteer. He generally voted against the right to remain for EU nationals already living in the UK. So his immigration situation is quite ironic because I saw shout out Felicia, um, TBN, um, YouTube as well, my economist. She was like, Rishi, you talk a lot about your proud of patriotism and your family's immigration for somebody who's very, very anti-immigration right now. And I'm like, yeah, point charades. He consistently voted for military action against ISIL. Uh, we voted for investigation into Iraq war, voted against, sorry, generally voted against e more EU integration. So he was quite um, EU, oh, I can't find the words. It's not agnostic, it's another word. Cons consistently voted for replacing Trident with new nuclear weapon system. Consistently voted for referendum on the UK's membership of the EU. So we know what he's about in terms of that. He's um, kind of anti-Europe. How Rishi Sunak voting environmental issues, I'm not getting into it because I personally don't care about the environment. I know it's bad. I'm sorry, nobody's gonna beat me. Um, taxation and, and employment, here we go. Consistently voted against higher taxes on banks. Boy, <laughs> take that as you will. <laughs> Consistently voted for reducing capital gains tax, and that's a tax on assets. We don't have, they don't have enough information to calculate his position on the higher taxes for plane tickets or um, VAT. He consistently voted for higher tax on, on alcoholic drinks, which I'm a fan of, I can't lie. Consistently voted for more restrictive regulations on trade union activity. So this is kind of pro-business. And consistently voted for raising the threshold at which people start paying income tax. So he is a low tax for the people and business person. Home affairs, voted for mass surveillance on people's homes a communication activity, sorry. Always voted for more strict asylum system, which they they got in the Borders and Nationalities Act. Consistently voted for stronger enforcement of immigration rules. And what else? Education, not enough in education. Transport, don't really care. Health. Voted for reforming NHS or GPs buy services on behalf of their patients. He has never voted on allowing terminally ill people to give an assistance to end their lives. So he never voted in, voted on euthanasia. Um, housing, consistently voted for phasing out secure tenancies for life, consistently voted for changing a market rent to higher earners rental council income. Now social issues, which I know, and, and welfare benefits, which I know quite a lot of my listeners are being more on the left side of the spectrum are gonna be interested in. How are you voting on social issues? Has never voted on gay rights. He's um, been absent twice. Generally voted against laws to promote equality and human rights. Has never voted to allow a marriage between two people of the same sex. He was absent. Has never voted on allowing terminate. I already spoke on that one. Welfare. Consistently voted for reduction on spending the welfare benefits. Very conservative. Consistently voted against paying higher benefits over longer periods for those unable to work due to illness and disability. 
very distasteful in my opinion. So yeah. Oh, the economy, sorry, let me go to that. Virtue and a mixture on measures fall against tax avoidance. So maybe that's a situation where he's looking on practicality and pragmatism. Consistently voted for reducing the rate of corporation tax and generally voted for the new high-speed rail infrastructure. So that's Rishi. I'm all alone. I kind of like Rishi. Let me not cap. Don't ever conservatives, but I don't mind Rishi. So let's give Rishi. If I'm voting on a, on a conservative scale, I'll give a nine out of ten. On a general scale, oh, I don't mind his economic policies, but he's. Asylum seek mm, five. Yeah, five. Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Hunt is the former health secretary, and there was he was getting into it. Like the, the health practitioners did not like Jeremy Hunt, staying out much. I asked Dr. Lee to come and speak on that. Um he's the son of an admiral. He made his fortune by setting up hot courses, a website connecting prospective students to educational institutions. So another guy who's pretty well off. He entered the Commons in 2005 as MP for South West Surrey. He joined the government as a culture secretary in 2010 under David Cameron when he took over from Gordon Brown's Labour, Labour government. And he's also served as health secretary and foreign secretary. He came second to Boris Johnson in the last leadership contest of 2019. He's an influential backbencher. He's been sticking on Boris throughout COVID. He wasn't happy. With, I preferred, I actually like Jeremy Hunt's COVID, COVID, uh, COVID, um, ideology for the most part and he's been anti Boris Johnson for the get-go he, lo- he launched his leadership bid saying listen I'm going to cut corporation tax um, and he's going to cut the corporation tax rate in his first autumn budget he's going to remove business rates for five years for communities most in need which I like business rates my parents pay business rate had paid business rates super expensive business rates is, a, is um, the rate you pay on your commercial property is a joke thing and he wants to keep keep the national increases national insurance increases in place because the NHS needs the money so him and Rishi are the only two out of the nine that I believe have a realistic outlook on the economy in terms of tax cuts and stuff like that they're the ones that are saying listen we can't just be spending money anyhow that makes sense however I do believe that this is not going to go that's not the best thing in terms of if you want a leadership race might be the best thing in terms of effective governance. However, Tories, they want tax cuts. They want tax cuts. And I think one thing Jeremy Hunt's got going for him, more than Rishi, is that he's not in the Boris bubble, as Sky News described it today. Or he might have described it himself, I can't remember. He had, he's been criti- cr- critical of Boris, and he wasn't in the cabinet. So he isn't tarred by the brush of Boris Johnson, you see it? So I think that's he's got, I think that's um, that's in his favour. So I think he's got a good chance. Um, let's look at um, his voting. Um, environmental issues. We're not getting into that. Social issues. Generally voted for smoking bans. Almost always voted for allowing marriage between two people of the same sex. Generally voted for equal gay rights. Generally voted against laws to promote equality in human rights, though. And generally voted against euthanasia. Um, constitutional reform, we'll get into that. Taxation, generally voted against higher taxes on banks, generally voted against increasing tax rates applied to income over 150 racks, almost always voted for reducing capital gains tax, almost always voted for more restrictive regulation on trade unions, voted for automatic enrolment to occupational pensions, 
generally voted against bankers' bonus tax. Voting, voted for allowing employees to exchange some employment rights for shares in the company they work for. That's quite interesting. Um, generally voted for higher taxes on alcoholic drinks. Generally voted for increasing the rate of VAT. So that's a tax on consumption. And some people like to call it a tax on the poor. Almost always voted against the annual tax on the value of expensive homes, almost popularly known as the mansion tax. Generally voted for higher tax on plane tickets. Uh, education almost always voted for autonomy and greater school as you know consistently voted for university tuition fees uh, housing consistently voted for changing a market rent to higher earners renting a council home health okay here's here's his department almost always voted against restricting the provision of services to private patients by the NHS Voted against euthanasia, generally voted for smoking ban. Always voted for reforming the NHS or GPs by services on behalf of their patients. Now let's look at foreign policy defence. Generally voted for referendum on the, UK, on the UK's membership of the EU. Generally voted for investigation to Iraq war. Uh, consistently voted for military action against ISIL. Generally, consistently voted for use of UK military forces in combat operations overseas. Generally voted against the right to remain in the EU nationals already living in the UK. Voted against more EU integration. Voted against EU's mem UK's membership in the EU. He generally voted against introducing ID cards. And some of these things you said, why didn't you tell me about Rishi? Rishi, remember, I said Rishi came in a lot later. Rishi's only been around for seven years. While Jeremy Hunt has been around for 12 years. No. Yeah, 12 years. Hold on, am I losing my mind? Yeah, 12 years, sorry. Generally vote for mass surveillance of people's communication activities, voted for strict asylum, always voted for introduction of a police and crimes commission. Now let's look at welfare benefits. Almost always voted for making local council responsible for helping those in financial need. Voted against raising welfare benefits. Voted for reducing welfare benefits. Generally voted to reduce housing benefits. Consistently voted against paying higher benefits over long periods for those unable to work due to um, illness or disability. He voted, he's a mixture of on and uh, a mixture of voted for or against reduction of tax avoidance. Generally voted for reducing the rate of corporation tax. So yeah, that's Jeremy Hunt. I think again, for the Conservatives, I think he's a good candidate. Sorry, there I've been to be here. Shadid Javed. He was the former Chancellor and Health Secretary under Boris Johnson. He was the Chancellor, Chancellor under Theresa May. Boris came in. Him and Dominic Cummings undermined him several times. So he said, okay, I'm out of here. Then Boris asked him again to come as Health Secretary and then Boris starts fucking up and then he's out of here. I believe Rishi cut due to personal gain. I believe Satyajit Javid also cut due to personal gain. But I also believe if... I also believe that Sadie Javid would have cut anyway. I don't think Sadie Javid is fully personal gain because we've seen it. He cut already. If you and you could tell from his speech, like, bro, you're violating. He can't stand for it. So he was born in Watchdale, first generation Pakistani immigrant family. Became an MP for Bromsgrove in 2010 after a career in a city. Made a bit of a for 2019. He made it to the final four, but dropping out, but he dropped out to support Boris. 
Of course, that endorsement was rewarded as he stayed on the Chancellor. And he launched his leadership bid by saying he'll cut corporation tax and scrap the increase in national insurance. So I think he's trying to win. I think he knows better, but he's trying to win. Um, he wants to cut the corporation tax by 1% a year until it reaches 15%, like it was before. He wants to bring forward a planned 1p income tax cut next year and bring in a significant temporary reduction in fuel duty. Now, I'm not going to go into Rish, um, to Shadjid's um, votes because I don't think Shadjid's going to win. I'm only going to do people that think that can win. Um, Suella Braverman, she became the minister of the department. She became minister at the department for leaving the EU under Theresa May, but resigned due to Mrs May um, EU's withdrawal deal. She's the former the former barrister replaced Joffrey Cox as Attorney General 2020, and she remains still in that role. She has served as MP for Farham in Hampshire since 2015. And she confirmed she'll join the Tory leadership race, saying it would be a great honour. I think she's like the second person, or maybe the first, to say that she'll jump in. She called for, um, for Boris to quit during this jihad. Um, I don't think she's going to win, long story short. Penny Mordaunt, Minister of State. And she actually has a good shot of winning. Um... Penny Morden made history becoming UK's first female Defence Secretary 2019, so big up her. A naval reservist, she already had served as the Armed Forces Minister under David Cameron. She's a former magician's assistant and head of Conservative Party's youth wing, best known outside Westminster for appearing on TV's um, celebrity diving show, Slash. She's a former press secretary, press officer William Hague, when he was party leader and Kensington and Chelsea Council. She became an MP for Portsmouth in 2010, so she's been about for a minute. Now, currently, she's actually the second favourite, according to um, the betting odds, which I find kind of mad. So let's check her voting history. I actually should have had this prepared. I actually forgot to prepare this. Um, sorry, Penny. Okay. So... Penny on welfare and benefits. <clears throat> Generally voted against spending public money to create guaranteed jobs for young people who spent a long time unemployed. Almost always voted for reducing benefits, welfare benefits. Constantly voted against paying higher benefits over a long period for people who have been out of work due to illness or disability. Almost always voted for reducing housing benefit. Constantly voted against, so she's not really for the benefits thing. Yeah? Cool. Foreign policy. Generally voted against more EU integration. Voted against immigration. Investiga she voted against in investigations to Iraq war, which is spooky. Consistently voted for use of UK military forces in combat operations overseas. Generally voted against a right to remain for EU nationals already living in the UK. Generally voted for referendum. So we kind of know what type of time she is. Almost always voted against UK membership EU. So she's a Brexiteer. Consistently voted for mass surveillance on people's communications and activities. Consistently voted for strict asylum system. Asylum system. Consistently voted for stronger enforcement of immigration rules, so we know what she is on immigration. Uh, almost always voted for increasing the rate of VAT. Generally voted for reducing capital gains tax. tax mixture of foreign against um, taxes on fuel motors. Uh, on, on fuel for motor vehicles, sorry. And what else here? Voted a mixture for and against taxes on high taxes on banks. 
almost voted, almost always voted for more restriction on regulation of trade union activity, generally voted against bankers' bonus taxes, uh, consistently voted for raising the threshold at which people start to pay income tax. So she's another tax cut for the most part. Um, almost always voted for reducing the rate of corporation tax, generally voted for measures to reduce tax avoidance. Yeah, so that's what she's on, right? So she's a, a viable candidate for sure. Um, who else threw their hat in the ring? Um, Grant Shapps, who I'm not a fan of. Transport Secretary, served as Minister under David Cameron and Boris Johnson, appointed co-chairman of the Conservative Party in 2012, serving in that post until 2015. Quit as International Development Minister in 2015, uh, as he claimed he failed to act on allegations of bullying. Yeah, bum. Launched leadership bid by saying, listen, we must make a clear path for lower taxes not just expressing good intentions. He studied business of finance at Manchester Polytechnic and underwent cancer treatment before becoming an MP for Welling in Hat for 2005. Well done you. I don't think he's got a chance of winning. I'll be surprised. Kemi Badenoch, who's always getting dunked on on Twitter by Black Twitter, all that. She was a former Level Up minister. She resigned after always twerking for Boris. A former software engineer who spent some of her childhood in the US and Nigeria, her parents' home country, gang shit, but... Yeah. She went to work in banking and later became a director of the Spectator magazine. Was elected to London Assembly before climbing MP for Saffron Walden, Walden in 2017. That was a Theresa May um, Corbyn election. Became Equalities Minister, then Minister of Leveling Up under Michael Gove. Quit Boris Johnson's government with great regret before announcing her candidacy. candidacy. Bruh, she ain't got a chance, cuz. Now, according to the Bookmakers, as of now, uh, oh, did I talk about Nadine Zahawi? Oh, I just missed out Nadine Zahawi. Sorry, let me go back. Nadine Zahawi, he is the current chancellor of the Sheka. He was previously the vaccine minister and he killed the vaccines, so big up him. Then he held a young promotion to educational minister before coming chancellor of Sheka after Rishi Kat. Yeah. Um, after setting up a... After setting up a firm selling tele Teletubbies merchandise and founding polling company YouGov, so he, very well, he's done very well, he became MP of Stratford-upon-Avon in 2010. Born in Iraq, Mr. Zahawi and his family were forced to flee when Saddam Hussein came to power. And he launched a leadership bid by saying, listen, we'll, we'll lower the taxes and boost defence spending. So he's another viable candidate, so I will quickly breeze through... Actually, no, I'm not going to breeze through these things. Sorry. I'm not, it's too long. We're already on 26 minutes. All right, boom. So, according to the bookmakers, the four favourites... Oh, I haven't done Liz Trust. I'll get into Liz Trust. Oh, oh, you're all over the place. Sorry, people. Sorry, people. I'm being a bum today. I'm being a big-ass bum. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Liz Trust, but she... Liz Trust and... Um, what's his name? Ben Wallace were two key candidates, but Ben Wallace has stepped down. So that's really left it wide open for people. Um, other candidates um, that I forgot to mention, Tom, Tom Turgenhatz, and he was on TV earlier, just talking talking jazz. Um, Preeti Patel, but we ain't gonna talk about no, Preeti, so she ain't winning. Um, but yeah, Preeti Patel, she was elected to Whitham in Essex 2010, after serving several years in PR for Conservative Party. She served as Theresa May International Diplomat Secretary, but she was forced to quit under, she had unauthorized meetings of Israeli politicians. He was a prominent Brexiteer. 
And she once argued that Boris is the only person that could save um, Brexit and the Tories, and Boris rewarded her with her position as Home Secretary. She uh, she cited a delegation of, of cabinet ministers to get rid of him, but she probably did that against her own real wishes, but just for protecting her future legacy. She is very, very strict on everything. <laughs> very strict on crime, immigration. We've seen the Rwanda stuff. We've seen um, two protocols talk about Nigeria and Ghana. Uh, the Nationalities and Borders Act is basically making it harder to be a refugee and asylum seeker. Yeah, her being prime minister will be tragic for humanity, but she's not going to be unless bare people just want to quit. And I just don't see that happening. Liz Truss, um, only the second woman to lead foreign office, taking credit for securing the release of Nazim Zakari Ratcliffe from Iran, has had a series of cabinet positions, including negotiating post-Brexit trade agreements and international trade secretary. She was first elected in 2010 for MP of Southwest Norfolk, a popular amongst Conservative Party members, very popular. Mock for giving a speech at 2014 Conservative Party conference on UK cheese imports. And she early declared, early declared her support for Boris Johnson after, he's, after his Chancellor and Health Secretary resigned. Um, she's very, very popular. Very, very popular. So, sorry people, I don't know why I was all over the place. To round up, who are the favourites? Well, the four favourites are Rishi Sunak, who's the overwhelming favourite. They say he's got like a 35% chance to win, just under. Um, Moderant has like a, just under 15%. Liz Trust just under hip, just under her. Turgon Hat just under um, Liz Trust, and then Jeremy Hunt. So Sunak, Moderant, Trust, Turgon Hat, Hunt. And those are the current favourites. If I was the bet, I would say, oh, I don't know why I feel like, I don't know I feel like Liz Truss is gonna win. It should be Rishi or Jeremy Hunt. I mean, Rishi, yeah. So Rishi Sunak or Jeremy Hunt, they're the most competent. I think Satish Jaffa is competent as well, but I think the MC are the most competent. Um, maybe Mordant as well. But yeah, it should, I think like it should be Jeremy Hunt. I can't lie, this is, I'm an ethnic minority, I'm, I'm a black Nigerian. I struggle to see a Asian man winning an election, but I could be shot. That might make, that might make, make it close, I don't know, I don't know. So how is a new conservative leader elected? So candidates, put, candidates, candidates are put forward. Each candidate needs eight MPs to back them, right? Cool, you've got your eight MPs backing you. The first round, Conservatives MPs vote for candidates receiving fewer. They vote for the candidates, right? If you receive fewer than 18 votes, you are eliminated. Adios, amigo. Say la vie. The second round, candidates receiving less than 36 votes are eliminated. Now, remember, because all the men that got less than 18 got eliminated, there's more votes to go around. So people with less than 36 get panned. And if all candidates exceed this, the person with the fewest votes is eliminated and the process continues until only two are remaining. And then after two remain, there's a postal vote of why the Conservative Party. And then, well, hey, you have a leadership. Um, we have a leader, leader. So this should be done by September. Now, to round up, who, if I was a Labour Party, who would I want to win? If I was a Labour Party, I would want Kemi Badenoch to win, Grant Shapps to win, Preeti Patel to win, Swilla Braveman to win, 
Even Nadine Zahawi to win. I'm probably Savage Javier to win. Then, man, you have a fantastic chance, right? Especially after, what's my man's name? Kirstama bus case for Big 8. Fantastic chance. Now, if it's Sunak, Liz Truss, Jeremy Hunt, Penny Mordaunt, Tom Durkenhart, I don't see Labour winning. But I think Labour, have a, I think it could be a toss up with the likes of Rishi. And I'm just speaking purely off people's uh, prejudice. Sorry, I don't believe in the UK like that. To be completely, do you know what I mean, diverse and open, all that type of thing there. But yeah, for, who do I think for the for the best for the well-being of the country? Sinak, Jeremy Hunt to win. For Conservative Party to win the next election, Liz Trust, Jeremy Hunt, definitely Jeremy Hunt. I think Jeremy Hunt will walk the next election. Uh, mm, maybe the NHS people won't be angry at him. Tom Mordahan, Penny Mordaunt, uh, Liz Trust, Rishi, any of them, they, could be, they should be able to beat Labour, especially the 80 seat majority, or 78 now, or 76, whatever it is now. Uh, I've spoken about who's best for Tories. Yeah. So, yeah, let me know what you think, people. Any questions, let me know. And I should be dropping on YouTube this week, and I say that all the time, but I've actually got a new camera. So, yeah, until next week, people, peace and blessings. Boris Older. Sports Social Podcast Network.